Hi friends, welcome back to tea time. Every time. I'm hoping it's one day you'll well. forget. Um, I don't think I will, especially because literally everybody but you enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic. But anyways, it's been one month since yeah. we've gotten to chat with you friends. That's kind of nuts. I feel like it hasn't been that long. But at the same time, I feel like it has. So I don't know. Maybe. Time isn't real. Time is not real. But we are going on famcation in five Ooh. days thank god i know we need it's so it. needed yeah and then also we're excited there are some exciting things coming up too this month um besides famcation and also a change of schedules we also are planning on going to akron pride um Ooh. which is at the end of august on the 28th so we hope to see some of you there yes Please let us know if you're going so we can yeah. meet up with you. Yeah, we would love to. And then we also have, um, thankfully, our summer semesters are wrapping up, which is nice because it's been a, a rough, rough past yeah. however long now, 15 weeks for yes. you, seven for me. But School in the summer should be illegal. It really should. I feel like we just need breaks. I know. We didn't get to relax at all. No. But Lauren, did you want to tell them um, what this episode is all about today? Yes. So, friends, today we are just going to kind of recap a bunch of terminology. We've been noticing that people don't always know what all of these LGBT terms kind of mean, and instead of just continuing to use them, and you guys are like, I literally don't even know what you're talking about, we decided to take a step back and kind of redefine all of these commonly used words for you friends. Yeah, and not even just that, but I feel like it's important to also take note that, like, everything changes and everything all of the um definitions and the dynamics of the lgbt community are very dynamic and nothing is static so these term this terminology that we'll be referring to today is constantly changing and like that's okay and also like we need to keep ourselves up to date too so it's kind of a good check-in for us too yes absolutely so do you want to kick us off with the classic sexuality versus gender yeah so in terms of sexuality versus gender gender i guess we don't need to go into super long depth of how to def define these things but sexuality or sexual orientation is your sexual attraction whereas gender is your personal identity and the reason that we wanted to bring this up isn't necessarily to give long definitions of each term but because Lauren and I have sort of noticed this um, commonality of saying love is love for you know to show support of trans people uh, do you have something to say I see you're opening your mouth over yes there. that is like my favorite thing I know some of you who listen have used this term so for example let's set the scene Bo will post a picture of himself out and about happy trans man living his life and some of our best well-intentioned allies mm -hmm. will comment on it and be like good for you love is love mm -hmm. and we just wanted to break that down for a second because we love the intention we love the support but love is love is something we used to talk about sexuality mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's totally accurate. I think that um, those individuals that say that are very well-intentioned. Yes, and, and, and I and love like, it. Right, and like Lauren was saying, we love that, we appreciate that. Um, but it's this, I guess, is just sort of a reminder that sexuality and gender are different, and sexual orientation and gender identity, gender expression, what have you, fall under different categories within the LGBT community. Yes. And something, I don't know if someone told me this or if I saw this on social media, I don't remember, but somebody said something to the degree of sexuality is who you want to go to bed with and gender is who you want to go to bed as. Mm. And I was like, that's a good way to kind of tell the difference and remember between the two. Yeah, that is a really good way to do that. And then, so do we want to move into not sexuality versus gender, but sex versus gender? Yes, you go for it. Okay, yeah. So I think that the biggest thing to remember between defining sex and gender is the concept that gender is a social construct. True. So, yeah, so sex is, sex is usually categorized as either male or female, Um usually because there's a variation in biological act attributes um where so so sex is more of a biological thing right um whereas gender refers to the socially constructed roles or behaviors or expressions that we deem as appropriate i guess in society um so identities right of girls women boys men gender diverse people etc yeah for sure um, so transgender is actually kind of an umbrella term, um, but so is it's kind of similar or can be similar to gender diverse, gender nonconforming, gender queer. There are a lot of kind of umbrella terms, and I think something that is important to remember is that those terms that I just stated mean something different to different people. Mm -hmm. So you can't just, you need to know someone and the language that they prefer to use and kind of adhere to that because those can all mean different things for different people. Right. But yes, that's kind of like the big umbrella term. There are a lot of identities that can fall underneath that, such as trans man or trans woman. Mm -hmm. um, also, non-binary identities can kind of fall under those terms or be a separate umbrella term in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So a non-binary person can be someone who kind of falls on the binary gender spectrum, so I guess to even break that down a little bit, the binary gender spectrum kind of says that maybe cis woman is on one side, cis man is on the other, and you can be anything in between those mm -hmm. things. Um, so some non-binary people identify still with on the binary gender spectrum, but just not one side or the other, mm -hmm. whereas other non-binary people are like that whole spectrum not for me i don't fit on it anywhere i'm a totally separate identity yeah yeah and it's just i think it's just a testament to the fact that gender in and of itself is is a spectrum um and it can be fluid it can be stagnant it can be very clear and a one-size-fits-all sort of straightforward thing um or it can be very fluctuating and fluid and whatever the case may be gender is beautiful and the spectrum of gender is beautiful um and non-binary also just to add on can uh, be an umbrella term for identities such as agender and bigender 
um, what have you. Um, and then also I think it's important for us to talk about gender expression and how gender expression is different than gender identity. Did you want to touch on that? Do you want me to touch on that? Sure, I can give it a go. So I think something now I think gender is a hot topic these days. Mm -hmm. I think whether it's accurate information or not, a lot of people are getting a lot of information about gender. Mm -hmm. um, and trans topics being one of the most polarizing, popular things to chat about. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I think a lot of people who may not identify as transgender are getting extra hate because mm -hmm. of their gender expression. Yeah. So for example, if a cisgender man, someone who was assigned male at birth and identifies as a male, someone like me, I was I was assigned female at birth, I identify as a woman. Mm -hmm. So a cisgender male who likes to wear makeup and skirts and traditionally feminine things. Mm -hmm. Or things that society per perceives as non-masculine. Right. So that is their gender expression. Although they still identify as male, they can express that however the hell they want. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I think nowadays those people are being more pressured to be like, oh, you're actually trans and get more hate and discrimination because of those things. So it's very important to remember that your gender expression does not have to align mm -hmm. how society suggests that it aligns with your gender identity. Right. You can be a trans man and still wear skirts, right. um, nail polish. You can be a trans woman and still wear suits and ties and what have you. Gender expression is just the external display of how we like to present ourselves. Um, and and th it's the same thing for, for cis people as well. Mm -hmm. Lauren, if you want to go out and wear a suit and tie, that doesn't make you any less of a of a woman to yourself right. it's it's all about how we dress and that's like going into very briefly like the argument of <laughs> that clothes don't have a gender so like right. why do we have these men's and women's sections at stores shop wherever the hell you want buy whatever the hell you want i we were just at target the other day and we were walking through some of um the the women's sections buying some clothes for famcation coming up whoop whoop and you know, I, I, we were walking through the women's section and I was like, wow, like, I really like that. Whatever. What I don't even remember what it was. It was like a... You like everything. Jacket. It's hard like to everything. remember. Right. I you like, literally just bought a women's shirt at Forever 21 the other day. Right. Like, I, but I just feel like it, it doesn't matter. Like, right. why... It's a shirt. Right. And why do you care? Why do people care about what we're wearing? Anybody. Why, do, why is it anybody's business to care about what others are wearing? Uh, I don't get it. But... Soapbox... <laughs> Done. Soapbox done. But yes, basically gender expression is just how you present yourself. Yes. And again, the moral of the story is with all of these terms, all of these identities, they really can be tailored to the person that uses them. So mm -hmm. if a person says they're non-binary, then if they are open to answering your questions or chatting about this, it's important to understand their definition of non-binary and what that means to them but the moral of the story is just use whatever language people ask you to mm -hmm. use and don't worry about it too much because it's not your life right right 
and case closed. Case closed. <laughs> but moving forward, we wanted to sort of go over a few bonus terms, um, sort of stepping away from the sex, sexuality, gender realm, and into some more very specific terms. So, Lauren, did you want to start us off with the term dead naming? Yeah, sure. So, a dead name is a trans or gender diverse person's name that was given to them at birth. Mm -hmm. So dead naming is also kind of a hot topic in the gender queer community because I think some people, first of all, you should never ask someone what their dead name Mm -hmm. is, period. It's not appropriate. No. However, some people such as you, Bo, like that is not as much of a trigger to you we've said Mm -hmm. we've used your dead name on this podcast it's not when we talk about it it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. if someone called you by your dead name obviously that's a big deal but some people don't even like to share what it was because what's it matter to you you now they are whatever their name is and that's all that matters that's their name Mm -hmm. so it's always important don't ask someone what their dead name is if they are willing to offer it then they will right i think i'm interested to know how it will be for myself whenever i actually get to legally change my name because i haven't gotten to that that process yet um so i wonder after some time what it would feel like if my dead name was brought up in, in some capacity um I was going to say something else, but I honestly forget. So maybe <laughs> we'll on. come back to it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have binders and packers. You kind of want to talk about what those are? Yeah. So I'll start with a binder. So in terms of like literal terminology, a binder is an undergarment that is used to alter or reduce the appearance of one's chest. Um, it's worn primarily by trans men um, who were born biologically with breasts or um, also you know we've sort of been talking to some friends lately and we both had have had experiences with individuals who um, sometimes wear binders just because they want to they, they're not necessarily trans but right. they have a bigger chest and maybe it's um, detrimental to their health in some forms you know back pain or whatever so you know you don't have to be a trans man to wear a binder basically correct but um just to put it in i guess like a visually easy to understand way a binder is basically just a sports bra that is very tight and that sort of compresses one's chest to reduce the appearance of your um breast chest area boobs there you go i don't know why i use the word breast it's like a weird (laughs) breast why do i keep saying that (laughs) and then um to continue on a packer is used for both of binders and packers are used um to combat gender dysphoria um but a packer is more for the downstairs area so it's for for the downstairs area (laughs) so um again primarily used by trans men um and it's actually, if you all follow our Instagram page, um, it's we posted a photo of it one time of me holding it by my face. It's literally a rubber silicone wiener mm-hmm. that is used to pack, quote, I'm using air quotes, you can't see it, but pack <laughs> in one's pants to mimic the look of like a bulge where a penis would be. Beautiful. Love yeah. that description. Beautiful, beautiful. In terms of trans women... Um, they could have something called a gaff. Mm-hmm. I will be super honest. 
I have never seen one in real life. I don't know much about them. That obviously is not your experience. We haven't mm-hmm. really had much experience with them. But a gaffe is basically something that people who were assigned male at birth can wear. It's kind of like underwear and kind of tuck their genitals to have a more femininely presenting crotch mm-hmm. area. Yeah. So it's basically, again, to um, combat gender dysphoria just this time for trans women or individuals who prevent present more um, femininely right and then moving on we also wanted to talk a bit about passing and stealth um lauren did you want to define those do you want me to go ahead i can go for it so we often refer to Bo as being passing Mm -hmm. and that term kind of just means that if you don't know that Bo is trans he quote passes as a cis man Mm -hmm. at this point in life um stealth is similar stealth is a super cool word first of all i feel like (laughs) you're like a super spy right i feel like what's his name um james bond oh (laughs) stealth yeah stealth (laughs) but it's pretty similar and essentially it is that people don't know you're trans so you're like an undercover cis person you're stealth Mm -hmm. nobody really knows that you're trans and of the gender diverse friends that we've accumulated over our time, a lot of them enjoy being stealth mm-hmm. and that is like something that's important to them. So I think that's a very interesting term to kind of bring up. Yeah, it really is interesting. I feel like um, it's interesting to me because I know that I've talked a bit on the pod before about how like my transness is an important part personally Mm -hmm. for me to my identity um so I feel like while in most situations I am passing even though I say most because while to you and I I do think I look like a cis man I feel like I've been like misgendered in the recent past and I don't really understand how not by people that that know me but just Mm -hmm. by like random strangers like it happened at Subway one time like a few months ago and I was like excuse me who like but um yeah I think it's interesting because like while I am passing, I would say in like 90 to 95% of situations, like I also like feel like I don't want to be misgendered or dead named or whatever, but like also like trans, my transness is such an important part of my identity. So I think that it doesn't like bother or affect me as much yeah. if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, We also wanted to talk about transitioning because um, I think that a lot of the time on the pod we've talked about physical transitioning, but there's also social transitioning. So physical transitioning is um, a trans or non-binary person that is undertaking some sort of physical, um, whether it be hormone therapy or surgeries or what have you, um, to physically transition their body so that it aligns with how they personally feel um, and identify. Whereas social transitioning, I think that it's a commonly it's a commonly held misconception that you're you have to be physically transitioning to be trans um, mm-hmm. that or non-binary. That is not true. You don't you don't have to go on to hormone therapy to be a trans person. You don't have to have top surgery or bottom surgery to be a trans person. You can also be socially transitioning. 
Yes. Does that is that clear? Do you think we should add more to that? No, I think that is perfect. Yeah, and that I mean, okay. How about this? So a trans person that has not yet begun, even if they want to begin um, hormone therapy or have surgeries, um, a trans person that asks their friends or their family to refer to them using a different name or different pronouns. Um, that could be considered social transitioning. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more of a, it's almost, I guess you can kind of look at it as deconstructing the social construct of gender. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lauren, did you want to go over gender dysphoria? Yeah. So I know we've talked a decent amount about gender dysphoria, but to remind you all, gender dysphoria is a term that describes a sense of kind of unease that Mm -hmm. a person might have because of the mismatch between their biological sex and their gender identity. Mm -hmm. Um, Gender dysphoria is typically what leads to trans people having depression or anxiety or Mm self-harm those kinds of things it's not we've talked extensively about this it's not being trans it's the experience of gender dysphoria that can be so intense and debilitating that it leads to a lot of harmful mental health effects Mm -hmm. right and i think that that was a great point that you were saying and i think that it's important to know that I hope I don't mess this up in my brain. I just had it so good, but whenever I oh, put things out hear. into words, so let's let's try it out. Gender dysphoria is a symptom, not a side effect. I don't so you don't have gender dysphoria because you d- you deal with depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. You deal with depression and anxiety if, in the case of some non-binary trans folks because of your gender dysphoria. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So you, if you have gender dysphoria, it's not a result of a mental illness. <laughs> like, right. Basically is what I'm trying to get across. I don't know if I use the proper words, but... No, That's I like that. Saying. It made sense to me. Good. good at good. least. Good. And then also, like we were talking about before, I know we had already mentioned it a few times, but like binders, packers, gaffs um, are help are, are meant to help um, ease yeah. gender dysphoria a bit, at least until an individual, if they wish to do so, is able to undertake hormone therapy or bottom top surgery, mm-hmm. whatever they might want. Yeah, for sure. Um, We also love to be honest with you all Mm -hmm. and vulnerable, and we would like to acknowledge and admit that we have used some outdated terminology Mm -hmm. on this podcast. And so upon educating ourselves, we would like to share the wealth and educate you as well. Yeah. So one of the terms that I know at least I have used in the past um, is calling... Bo, for example, I typically called him biologically female Mm -hmm. when referring to him in past tense, sometimes in current tense, like biologically female, biologically male. Like those are outdated terms. Mm -hmm. We don't like them anymore. We are changing our language. Mm -hmm. So the new terminology to use in this sense. So if I, again, were to talk about Bo, I would say assigned female at birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
or AFAB. AFAB. I like that. AFAB. Yeah. Yeah. That's fancy. Yeah. And and kind of like we were saying before, I think it's okay that we, you know, make mistakes. It's it's fine if you make a mistake just once you're corrected and move forward and learn from your mistake and then keep going, um, especially because the terminology is changing constantly. And that's totally fine because we are dynamic people. We are dynamic yes. human beings. We don't want to be static. We want to learn. We want to change. We want to grow. Yes, um, for sure. But another um, uh, term that is pretty outdated um, and, you know, not even just outdated, but can potentially be detrimental to mental health or um, to the perception of trans people or non-binary people that greater society has is preferred pronouns. Um, The reason I think we've sort of talked about this before, Mm -hmm. but preferred pronouns is an outdated term because you don't want to insinuate that there's a choice. Um, So you don't want to ask someone, what are your preferred pronouns? But now we want to ask, what are your personal pronouns? Um, What pronouns do you use even? Or just, what are your pronouns? Yeah. Uh, Do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we've talked about the term preferred pronouns extensively Mm -hmm. in the past few episodes but I guarantee if you started at the very beginning I said it a minimum of one time before we kind of got educated and we're like no it's Mm -hmm. just pronouns or personal pronouns even but Mm -hmm. preferred is not the way to go yeah and I think that we might have talked about this before but it's great if you Um, are someone who is in charge of an organization or you have some sort of managerial or leadership position in your place of employment, um, something that you could push for to help advocate for trans and non-binary folks is on your applications or in your application processes, if you have a line for, well, first of all, you should have a line, period, for like name, like chosen name, Mm -hmm. um, personal pronouns but if it says preferred pronouns maybe look into switching it to personal pronouns or just pronouns yeah for sure i think that's a good tip yeah and then lauren did you want to talk a bit about um in terms of like surgeries yeah our last term of the episode is that is outdated is sex reassignment surgery a lot to unpack there but we'll just that's not the term we use anymore the term we do use is gender confirming surgery Mm -hmm. because again sex and gender are different and also today earlier i saw something that there are like over 14 different surgeries that trans people can get so it's not just about what's in your pants or on your chest it's not all about your sex characteristics yeah. it's gender confirming surgery so you can feel comfortable in your body and your presentation yeah i love that because i never thought about that first of all i didn't know that there were that many surgeries me neither until today yeah but like it makes sense because if you're getting i know that there's like a um face or mm-hmm. facial masculinization or feminization mm-hmm. surgery and that has nothing to do with our sex organs right so yeah that makes sense to use gender confirming surgery rather than sex re- reassignment surgery absolutely but those that, oh, oh we've been doing that see we're 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 not well practiced anymore no we're the rusty we're these days rusty. we hope you all can forgive us yeah But we have two questions for today. Love that for us. So the first one, I will let you at least begin, Mm -hmm. Bo. 
How do you explain to people that your trans identity is not just a phase? Yeah, so I think that that's um, a question that is, it's not difficult to unpack, but I think that it should be acknowledged that that can be answered differently by different people. For sure. Um, For me, I think that the first step for me to do that is to help others understand what gender identity is and gender expression and primarily that gender is a social construct. Um, and also I think that for me something that's important to acknowledge is that gender is on a spectrum and that gender can be fluid. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know how others feel about this, I guess, but like some I've seen some things or or read on social media or whatever um, that like there are questions like what if somebody identifies as trans and then like years down the road, like doesn't feel like they're trans anymore? Like, were they lying? Like, were was it a phase? Like, and my answer to that is no. Right. I, I think that if if one day if I just I mean, we've talked about this before. If one day I decided like, mm, I don't really identify as a trans man anymore. I'm feeling more feminine these days. Like you wouldn't look down on me or say like oh so you were lying for all these years like that was just a dumb phase (laughs) that you were in like no i wasn't because gender is on a spectrum gender is gender can i think gender can be fluid for everyone personally um not to say that it is but it can be and um so that's kind of how i would explain it do you have something that you would add um i don't know i we can post this in the resource page, but I have been reading a pretty cool book about, and it's mostly geared toward parents, or so it's like very like surface level, very like kind of like term defining, like mm-hmm. how do you deal? It's all about like your teen coming out as trans or gender diverse. Um, and there's like a lot of good surface level information in there. And I think one of the things that the book talks about a lot that I really appreciate is that basically the likelihood that this is not at least a short-term phase, if you will, like no matter how open and welcoming and affirming of a parent in this case, you are like, you can't even possibly imagine like the fear and anxiety and courage it took for your kid to come out to you. Mm -hmm. So like people don't just like go through that for fun like it's not something you just like throw out at dinner to get attention Mm -hmm. like this is something that has been very well thought out for everyone and you should feel privileged and happy that this is being shared with you and I would hope that the first thing you do is affirm them (laughs) and not be like "Mm, I didn't see that coming. Maybe this is just a phase. Right, right. And I think that something that's important that if you all will recall back to our episode with Ellen, um, that is important is if you do have a, a trans child or someone in your life that is coming out as trans and you're struggling with those thoughts and emotions, that's okay. But you need to process them outside of that space and outside of their presence because it is not their fault that you're having you know struggles processing it's also maybe not your fault because unfortunately the society that we live in um 
socially brings us all up to believe in this gender binary mm-hmm. and that that's how things are and that's okay but like you need to process those em- first you need to process those emotions and you need to basically get over it and educate yourself and then secondly you need to process those emotions outside of their presence because it's not fair for you to push that on them yes a hundred percent i to get off topic a little bit no, it's we, okay. we always do that it's okay <laughs> um but again that something that i really appreciate about this book is that it is like a lot of tough love for mm. parents because a lot of the resources i've seen in the past have been in my personal opinion way too validating of the people that the trans person has come out to whether it be their partner their parent their friends Mm -hmm. whoever like way too we know this is so hard for you and you have a lot of questions like you should ask them you should be upset you should grieve like all of these things whereas this right (laughs) whereas this book is like if you feel like you need to do those things do it but do under no circumstances do it in front of your child because that is not their problem that is not you're the parent you're Mm -hmm. the adult you need to focus on how to regulate your emotions away from your child or you risk losing that relationship they no longer view you as a loving safe space Mm -hmm. and that even moment of questioning or anger or grief in front of your child can just like take away the whole relationship Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i don't have anything else to add that was it's a good book that's what i'll add you should read it if you want we'll we'll put it in the in the resources notes um but lastly we have one other question this one is for lauren specifically look at you love that for me um but this question is lauren have you ever questioned your gender i love that question Personally, the honest answer is no, I have not. However, I don't think that I subscribe to gender society's idea of gender norms as rigidly mm-hmm. as most cis women maybe, because I feel like that has a lot to do with being in the LGBT community and my two long-term relationships being with other people in the LGBT community. I think I, you and I don't, we've talked about this before, we don't really subscribe to like traditional gender roles. Like I don't feel as uncomfortable outside of society's like idea of what a woman should be Mm -hmm. so i would say no i have never kind of questioned my cisness Mm -hmm. if you will but i think that's because i feel more comfortable expressing my cisness outside of the rigid box that has been set for women Mm We love that for you. Oh, thank you. Love it for you. Oh, thank you. But thank you all for listening. Um, We just wanted to wrap up just to remind you all that our new schedule for the pod is that we are planning on putting out episodes on the second Tuesday of every month to keep with the Tea Time Tuesday, but also keep with our very busy schedule. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But in this past month you guys have kind of gone crazy and we've gotten 42 more cities we're up to listeners in 249 cities and i think four 
more countries. I think it was mm-hmm. 22 last time. Yeah. So we're up to 26 countries and 249 cities where you all are hanging out and listening to us. Yeah, that's so wild. I just want to say thank you because I feel like that's very telling to like how much you all really support us yeah. and our podcast because even when we're not posting weekly episodes anymore, you all are still sharing, still listening, still spreading the word. So, right. And we're getting new friends all the time. Right. We love that. Thank you so much. Um, if you are feel so inclined to do so, please go and rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave um, a review, even if that's not where you listen. I believe that we are currently at 16. Do mm-hmm. you think it's a stretch to ask to get us to like 25 by the next oh, episode? Oh, okay. I think so. Nine of you, please go rate us and leave us, hopefully a nice yeah, review <laughs> on Apple Pod. <laughs> but you can also be honest if you yeah. don't like it very much. It's okay. <laughs> but yes, please even that, like Bo said, even if that's not where you typically listen, we would just like to see that number go up a little bit. Yes, please, please, please. But other than that, um, again, thank you all so much. Lauren, do you have any final words that you'd like to add? Nope, I think next month we're going to be talking about bottom surgery. Ooh. I like to talk about wieners, so I'm excited. Yeah, you do like that word a lot. I do, I know. <laughs> well, thank you all, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you.